When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Pod save the queen! Welcome back to Pod Save the Queen, the Daily Mirror's Royal Podcast. I'm Anne Grippet, your host. I'm here again with Victoria Murphy, the Hi. Daily Mirror's Royal Correspondent. First thing to do is to wish you a happy new year. It's our first episode of the new year and already there is plenty to talk about. Uh, we need to catch up on the latest news about the royal wedding. Uh, it's been a busy few days for some of the other royals as well. Kate's been out today. Charlotte started nursery and there's some other royal baby news uh, in the family as well. But first, we need to talk about Meghan and Harry again, not least because yesterday they carried out their second official engagement. Yeah, it was a big day for Harry and Meghan yesterday and a lot of excitement surrounding that official visit. I think it's great that they're carrying out these visits and that they've carried out another one so soon into the new year. I think it's a reflection of the fact that the royal household accepts that there's such a lot of interest in this couple. They can't have this big wedding coming up and then just disappear and we don't see them. So it's great that we're getting to see them regularly. I also think it's very important that Meghan gets to know Britain, that she gets to know the country that she's making her home. She has said that you know she hasn't travelled widely around the UK and this is an opportunity for her to meet people and for people to really get to know her as well. And that's very important because in order for the royal family to remain popular, people need to feel as though they can relate to them and they can get to see them. But one thing that was very apparent yesterday in Brixton was that Harry and Meghan are certainly very popular. <laughs> They're very popular in Brixton. Um, I was down there with the crowds and um, where they were visiting, they were visiting a radio station called Represent, which was set up around 10 years ago in response to a rise in knife crime in South London among young people. Um, so it's a community radio station and it was set up with the aim of keeping young people on the right track, giving them a focus to stop them from getting involved with the wrong crowd um, and that could lead to crime. So it, it's very much a radio station that is trying to give young people skills to help them with employment and also to give them a focus so that they don't go down the wrong track. It's also champions a lot of unsigned artists. Um, they play artists from the area. They actively seek out people who are they can help with their beginning of their careers. Stormzy once had a show there, so there's a big name that's come from the radio station. And it's really all about using um, the medium of music, media, um, to give young people a head start. And this is something that Harry's very interested in. They've done a lot of work with young people's mental health as well, which obviously we know the royals are very interested in, particularly the young royals. And so it was definitely a very 
interesting choice for their second engagement, their first engagement of the year. And it's clear that there is a lot of love for Megan out there. And I was speaking to the crowds as I was waiting for them to go in. And it's a kind of a funny area where it was a bit of a bottleneck between several streets that kind of converged. And so there was crowds just coming from all angles and there was people sort of looking out of the buildings above and leaning out of the shops. And it had this real kind of hustle and bustle feel in the middle of this really busy part of Brixton. They were making this appearance. And there was a lot of people who sort of stopped to say what's going on and then decided to stay and, and were really excited that they got the opportunity to see Meghan and Harry. There's also a lot of people that I was speaking to in the area who are from the black community in Brixton and they were saying to me that they really felt that this was the first time that they can really relate properly to a member of the royal family and that was something that came across a lot when I was speaking to lots of different people. That was something that they actively brought up. Um, so th- there's, there's clearly a lot of excitement out there about this marriage. Um, and they were shouting, Megan, Harry, we love you, we love you. And, you know, I, I think that there's definitely a sense here that this is something fresh, something new, and that this is a couple who can really relate to young people. And you spoke to a few of the people, well, plenty of the people yeah. when you were down there, but recorded a, a couple of them so that we could share with you on the podcast and also spoke to one of your international colleagues as well. Yeah, as well as chatting to the crowds, I also spoke to a, a colleague of mine who covers the Royals for People magazine, which is a huge magazine in the US. And it was interesting to hear his views about just how much of an impact... Um, this relationship and this upcoming marriage has made on on his readers. So let's have a listen to those clips now. Uh, yeah, I've just popped out because um, I'd quite like to see them both, specifically Meghan Markle. Um, my reasons behind that is uh, being a brown girl, about to have a brown princess in England. Um, yeah, it's a big thing actually. Yeah. Love you, sister. Love you too. Did you say yes, I love you? Yeah, I love you. Too. Oh, I love you. Nice. She's lovely. She's lovely. She's very friendly. So is Harry. It's good to know that you know they have a heart community and touching people and coming to people and yeah. seeing flowers. I think they're amazing. Um, I'm totally happy for them. Um, they're my favourite royal couple, so already. OK, so I'm here with Simon Perry, who covers the royal family for People magazine in America. Um, Simon, um, just tell us a little bit about this visit today to start off with. Um, why do you think Harry brought Meghan here? Well, we know uh, from covering Prince Harry in the last few years, he's become very keen on uh, highlighting and getting to know the sort of difficulties that young people face, often in urban areas, and uh, what can be done in terms of mentoring and helping them on the training ladder and and getting on in life. And this radio station clearly has great success in that. It's uh, been very good at mentoring programs and training and so on, and it sort of fits the bill where Harry's concerned. It sort of has, a, has been a great success. Um, clearly, Megan has said that she wants to get to know some of the things that matter to her fiancé, and um, this is this is a great example of, of young people, especially that Prince Harry likes to champion, getting on in life and and, and learning new skills uh, through through radio. And so, yeah, they've come down here to Brixton. And you obviously um, cover the Royals for an American publication, and now we have an American joining the royal family. Um, how exciting is that? How excited do you think that your audience in America is that we have an American marrying a royal? Our audience uh, across people and uh, on our website, people.com, has been astonishing since the engagement especially. Uh, we've had three covers in the last 
four or five weeks, which, uh, in my experience at Working People, which is a long time now, uh, we just don't do. We don't cover the same people on the cover every single week. We have breaks in things and so on. But uh, the engagement issue sold very well, and the one that followed it sold even better, which was a great surprise. And um, clearly people are loving reading about this couple and getting to know Megan a bit better and seeing what they have in common and what, what the future lies. So um, we've been excited. Clearly our readers are excited and um, I think they're intrigued to see how an American fits into this family and, and the next stages in her life. Yes, it was really interesting to chat to people and I was just kind of asking them open questions. You know, what, what do you think about Meghan and Harry? How do you feel about the fact that they have come down here today? And there was a lot of people telling me that they felt that they could really relate to the royal family a lot more now because of Meghan and that they felt that she was really bringing something new to the monarchy. And she did. She looked quite relaxed and informal in her in her dress. But actually, she, where she'd been so self assured on the first visit, she actually looked quite shy yesterday. I thought that was interesting. I thought she had a kind of quite humble air about her yesterday. And I thought what was quite interesting to me was seeing that quite large contrast between the engagement photographs that they did for their official engagement photograph shoot where she wore we understand it was you know at one point a 56,000 pound dress and those photographs were very stylized very glamorous um and actually this visit yesterday was the complete antidote to that it was the complete opposite she was very low key in what she wore she wore high street marks and spencers uh, you couldn't get more regular ordinary high street than marks and spencers it's such an accessible brand ultimate britishness exactly yes um and not trendy in any way really oh, well, marks and spencers probably wouldn't like me saying that but well, it you was know, a very not- nice sweater <laughs> i had a look at it online yeah. afterwards and we tracked it to yeah myself. but you know it's, it's a really kind of every every man brand um and her hair i thought her hair actually really fascinated me because kate has dressed down for an engagement before she's at times been very casual but one thing that has always remained very um well done is her hair she's always had that hair that's looked very blow-dried even when it's just been up in a ponytail it's always looked very done and we know that she's taken hairdressers with her on official visits and that's clearly something that is a priority to her even when she's dressing casually but actually megan yesterday I mean, she definitely did her hair herself. It was just pulled back in a ponytail, and it was kind of like mine, to be honest. It really made me think, gosh, that's my hair every other day, and kind of twisted around the, the hairband. And it almost looked like it hadn't been brushed, which I, also appealed to me. <laughs> I call it a mum bun. I think it's a mum bun where you just need to get it out of your way, basically. And, uh, and, and you know, it's a hairstyle that so many people all the time wear every day. And I thought that was, that was probably... Um, one of the standout things to me yesterday was just how low-key that was. Um, But it's kind of, it's appropriate for that kind of visit really I mean, yeah. Brixton, Brixton's a very cool place but that's it's what I mean yeah, because it was a very low key visit and a very relaxed visit but even on visits like that other members of the royal family like, and including Kate who we do see as someone who can be relaxed would still have their hair done so I thought that was interesting mm-hmm. that she had the confidence to kind of just just go with that um, but yeah as you say I mean Brixton is obviously you know very cool place um, if you went down there and kind of you know West London pals and twin set you definitely would be very out of place I think right. for, the, for, <laughs> for our international listeners and we have a lot of you so thank you and welcome um, so Brixton is southwest London it is you could probably get to Kensington Palace on a bus in about 40 minutes 
but it feels very different from central London. It's um, it's got quite a big street going through it. It goes. It's got railway arches. It's it is a tube stop. It has an overground railway. It has a massive market. There's always a buzz. Um, it's got a very traditionally it's had a big black community there was a lot of people that arrived in the I think the 1960s and settled there and brought that culture and and made it an interesting and vibrant place that culture is starting to change as London's housing changes a lot mm. but it's still also a hotbed of places to go out there's a good nightclub scene music's important yeah. there's good places to eat and and drink it's you know if you if you were coming over to visit the UK you probably wouldn't have it on your I must go there on a on a day out list but, but you should it's, yeah. a good, it's it's interesting it's a place that people who live in London know about yeah and yeah. I mean you could you could imagine Harry rocking up in a yeah. club there but it's pretty it is pretty close to the centre I mean I think it's in zone two we have London is divided into different zones and zone one would be the very centre and then zone two would be just outside of that and Brixton is in there you can get the underground into central London very quickly um Brixton, so. And for our UK listeners, sorry we've just talked quite a lot about <laughs> London. We know that can get a bit annoying. So we'd be interested to hear why Megan should come and visit where you live to help learn about Britain. Um, so you can yeah. always email us, podsavethequeen at trinitymirror.com and, and make your pitch. that she really wants to do. And I think that's something that's quite key for the Royals. Um, actually, there can be a tendency for a, a lot of engagements to be quite London-centric. And I think there was somebody did a tally of Kate's engagements last year and found that that was the case. She'd done a lot of engagements in London. And we were told, oh, she d- she's definitely going to be going a bit further afield. And I think that's important for the royal family to do is to visit others, lots of other cities, you know, because they're obviously um, representing people uh, in across the whole country so that's really important so how did the how did the visit go I mean we talked a little bit about well we talked quite a lot about the crowds there on the way in and then you saw Harry said go and give them a wave and that sort of shy smile that was a nice moment again and we continue to see that interaction between them they're definitely in the love bubble right so now so in the love bubble yeah and I thought it was quite a lot of sweet nice moments where Harry was clearly kind of looking out for her a little bit not that she needs it because she's super confident and actually that's something that was brought up and um, we know that Megan in the past has been a big campaigner for gender equality issues she's worked for UN women she's been quite outspoken on a lot of these issues she's described herself as a feminist Um, whether or not she will continue to be so outspoken remains to be seen Um, she may have to tone down some of that now that she's joining the royal family but gender equality came up as a topic at the event Uh, someone made a comment to Harry about answering a question and he said but Megan, she answers the questions, kind of indicating that 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 she was in the driving seat. And Megan said, "Oh, talking of gender equality, uh, there's definitely a sense that they very much see themselves as a couple who are very much equals. Um, there's no kind of oh." we used to do this because you're male, you used to do this because you're female. They very much see themselves as being um, able to take on any role, I think, and that, that's quite apparent when you when you see them interact. Um, but obviously Harry is the more experienced royal. He's done hundreds of these visits throughout his lifetime. She's made public appearances as an actress, but she's not done exactly this kind of thing before. So he at one point kind of... Um, indicated to her to turn around to see the crowds because he knew, he could tell that the crowds wanted her to turn around and so she did and she got lots of screams and I think she at that time sort of put her hands to her mouth kind of in this gesture as if oh I can't believe it, I can't believe that you're all screaming for me um, it's quite quite sweet, quite humble um, she definitely came across really well um, and I think it gave a very good impression of 
of herself and and who she might be and in, in as this public role moves forward she'd clearly read her brief she referred a few times to things about the radio station um talking about the number of people it's trained the number of people it has on the waiting list figures that they have that showed that she had taken the time to do her research before she went to the event which is of course very important um and yeah, she she seemed to have a good time, I think. And that, that moment when she put her, her hands up to her, her mouth and kind of looked all, all shocked and shy, that also gave us an opportunity to see the, the rings and sort of fashion jewellery that she was wearing, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. And number of girls in the office so we all it caught all of our eyes so we're yeah it was kind of several rings wasn't there yeah. yeah so we're going to be talking more about megan's style next time around and what she might wear for the dress oh. in may <laughs> so do subscribe now to make sure you get that episode um we're going to move on to catch up on the royal wedding headlines rumors gossip that have happened since we were last talking with you quickly first um so Meghan's, uh, Meghan's dad has told some people that he, uh, he thinks Harry's a real gentleman and that they're a very good match, which is probably what you'd hope for your daughter, really. So yeah. that's, that's a, nice, a nice thing. Yeah, he seems to be speaking a little bit. Um, but generally what we know of him is that he um, is living quite a reclusive life in Mexico. Um, she speaks to him uh, regularly and, and has uh, you know, spoken very, written very warmly about him in her blog um, that she used to have. Um, Harry's not met him yet, which I think is interesting because the question sort of begs as to will Harry meet him before the wedding. I mean, it would be quite strange if it was the first time that Harry met him was on the wedding day. So I would have thought there must be some kind of um, intention there for Harry to meet him before that. Nerve-wracking moment as well when the respective parents meet each other. Yeah, It's always interesting. If your in-laws are the royals, it's probably... It's when you want to plan anyway. Uh, And... Then Meghan's um, half sister and half brother from Thomas's first yeah. marriage have also have also been speaking. Partly because, partly in response to the um, comment that Harry made when he was on the Radio Four show, um, editing it, talking about Christmas and how how Meghan had had a wonderful time and it was almost like the family she'd never had, which might have just been a slightly awkward way of phrasing it and whatever but you could you could understand if her her actual family might be a bit miffed about that um certainly. yeah samantha was tweeting about that after it happened um and then she was also asked about it on a television interview um and you know i think she was i think she kind of took the view as well that perhaps harry badly explained himself um so i think she's she seems to be willing to um kind of uh, give him the benefit of the doubt I think in that regard um, but yeah I mean uh, what we we what we know of Megan's relationship with her half sister and her half brother is that, that they don't have a lot of contact um, it has been described as estranged so um, I, I think the question as to whether or not they will be at the wedding is, is, is you know looking very much up in the air I would say possibly unlikely but we don't know we won't know until the invitations actually go out mm-hmm. so t- Thomas had also responded about about that as well saying yeah. you know, that it was that he thinks his father would be extremely hurt by it and um, that they did ha- always have a good time but um, Samantha also um, shared how um, determined she thinks her father will be there to walk his daughter down yeah. the aisle and says, which is something that he has said before yeah. um, to the mirror actually um, that, that he would like to do it um, so I think we'll have to wait and see I mean obviously if they were going for the traditional model that is what they would go for um, but 
I don't think we can make any assumptions just yet. There have been suggestions that maybe she would want her mum to do it. Obviously, she's very close to her mum. Personally, I would say, why not? You know, I think that would be great. Um, I think more mums should do that kind of thing. She's Uh, clearly a woman who knows her own mind as well and is not not afraid to upset things. And Harry as well, to a certain extent. He it's most important to him that things are right for them he wants it to be right for his family it's always been clear that he cares hugely about his grandmother and that you know there is huge respect throughout that generation for their grandmother the queen and that they do want to do right by her and do things that she would think were right but you can you can imagine this being a slightly different royal wedding somehow i think he has a little bit more freedom as we've said before because he's not going to be king and his children aren't going to be in the direct line of succession or they're going to be solo down anyway um, and and yes I think that they, that they want to you know as times change people change and I think that the fact that Meghan went to Sandringham this year when previously it had been said oh she couldn't possibly go if she's not engaged I think you know we, we don't know exactly um, what may or may not happen. I think that th- a lot of things could be shaken up, actually, in this wedding. Um, and there might be some more surprises to come for us. Sure. One thing I did find interesting, uh, going back a little bit to our, the, what we were saying about her being a feminist and all this kind of thing, is that her social media accounts are now gone. Yes, yeah. And I always expected that would happen at some point. Um, she'd obviously stopped tweeting quite a long time ago. When her relationship with Harry became serious, she really reined back what she was sharing on social media. And part of that was because she didn't want to give people clues as to where she was and if she was with Harry. But also part of that was she was advised. Um, it's going to be very difficult to say to people, back off, we don't want you to write stories about this couple, um, which of course they you know, they were trying very much to keep the relationship very private until they announced their engagement. If you're sharing everything on social media, you can't you can't really say that. You know, you you, you it looks a bit hypocritical. So um, that was a decision that she made was to stop putting so much out there. Um, and but yet these accounts were still there so they were still visible to everyone they were still there as a kind of constant reminder of everything that she had been and and done before she met Harry Um, and now that she's joining the royal family it it probably does make more sense for those accounts to go but in some ways it feels a little bit creepy in a way just sort of erasing that Uh, she had more than 2 million followers on Instagram and she had worked hard to build that profile you know it was something that she she promoted herself in order to do well in her career she worked very hard to, to have that and to kind of delete it all somehow feels a little bit strange but But then of course she's not just given up her social media account she's given up her first career yes obviously the the charity work and things has been always been very important to her as Mm -hmm. well but But she's given she's moved she's stopped working with those charities and she's starting again so it does feel like a bit of a reinvention really and i think that points to the fact that she is now completely and fully invested in the future and in this new role and she is happy to do what she feels is the right thing to do to make the new role work as best it can and I suppose she's thinking to herself you know if she's not going to use those social media accounts does it become a bit strange for them just to sit there and she's going to have now Kensington Palace staff tweeting on her behalf um, she's going to have a whole different kind of public profile and right now she seems to really really be embracing that um, so I think we just have to say that's what she wants, that's what she feels is the right thing to do, and it's clear, it's clearly is her decision. More exciting part of wedding planning, the venue. So we know, we, know where, we know where the actual ceremony is going to take place. 
it hasn't yet been confirmed where they will be having the reception. Um, there was a, a report in another paper earlier this week that um, Meghan and Harry perhaps had wanted to have the reception in Frogmore House, which is where they had that beautiful engagement um, shoot and is down on the on the Windsor estate, but had perhaps been pointed more towards St George's Hall as more appropriate. Whether mm. that whether that means it's got more space and easier, you know, easier to turn up serve up a massive dinner for hundreds of guests. Yeah, I, I mean, who knows? I mean, obviously, Kensington Palace have not confirmed or announced where the reception venue will be. Um, I suspect, like William and Kate, they may have two levels to their reception. I think they'll probably have a bigger reception and then a more intimate party later on, which will be in a different location. Um, I think it's pretty safe to say that they'll be in Windsor. Um, there's been some suggestions, I think, at points, you know, could they drive back to London and do a Buckingham Palace balcony appearance? Because, of course, that's something that will be missing from a royal wedding that's held in Windsor. But if you look at previous royal weddings that have been in Windsor, um, it's just it's just not that realistic to do that. You know, it's quite a distance. And it's also you're not just doing you're not just getting yourself there. You're also asking all of your guests who will not be able to go in a convoy um, to, get, to travel all the way back to Central for a reception. I just don't see it. It will be in Windsor. Um, Anybody and, listening who's had a, had a, a split venue wedding where you've been trying to organise the coach in between things? Yeah, you know, I bet you wished you'd had a convoy probably <laughs> to, to make it easier. Yeah. But I, I mean, the, yeah, the, 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 this is a whole different level, isn't it? I think, I think, yeah, plenty of us have driven from one venue to another, but getting this number of guests, I, I just, I, Not I just don't see it. Yeah, so I think, I think it'll be in Windsor, and of course, Frogmore Hall is, um, you know, beautiful gardens that um, the Queen has actually. Very is very fond of those gardens and she they're open to the public at certain times of the year and she's also given um, uh, her gardener has spoken about um, those gardens recently talking about how she likes them to be kept what things she enjoys um, how she comes and discusses the planting with him so it's very personal space to the royal family and Meghan and Harry who spent a lot of time there so Frogmore was suggested as an option but it has been reported that um, aides have said that they would prefer to have it in St George's Hall which is also in Windsor Castle um, a large indoor space Um, so that is also an option time will tell time will tell time will tell and uh, when we do find out we will obviously Mm. be discussing it uh, in Pod Save the Queen anyway moving on so first engagement of the year for Kate Um, I was out and about with her this morning it was her birthday yesterday obviously happy birthday Uh, Kate I'm sure you're (laughs) listening not a milestone birthday she's 36 Um, so uh, she was visiting an academy in Feltham which is just outside of London Uh, today she was seeing the work that her mental health charity, her children's mental health charity, Place to Be, does with the school there. It's quite an interesting school because it takes children right the way from nursery age all the way up to 18, which is not usual. So, um, and, you know, they had great facilities. It was fascinating, actually, because you kind of go in through this relatively ordinary-looking frontage, and then out of the back of the school, there was this farm, basically. They had chickens, they had guinea pigs, they had, um, you know, gardens where the kids could plant stuff they had a, a dog which is a school dog which is going to start training to be a therapy dog and obviously Kate's a dog owner and so she was loving that and she was giving this little dog called Bear actually lots of um, stroking and asking lots of questions about him um, so yeah so she looked on great form obviously five months pregnant she's definitely seems to be over that terrible morning sickness that she had at the start of her all her pregnancies I always think it's quite funny because this pregnancy with Kate just seems to have been, um, you know, 
I remember with George when she was pregnant with George every time she went out you know it was oh my goodness how's the bump growing and she's pregnant and there was such a lot of interest and sometimes I almost forget she's pregnant now with this one and it's quite funny because it's probably a reflection of real life as well <laughs> how feels like a process to get to your third child yeah yeah so the baby's due in April and that will be you know a big royal moment for sure and Charlotte we've seen pictures of her on her first day when she started nursery earlier this week looking very cute looking totally confident looking yeah. like she owned the place she looked super confident Charlotte she's two she'll be three in May um, and she's going full-time to nursery down the road from her Kensington Palace home um, obviously when George started nursery he went to a local nursery in Norfolk um, which probably had quite a different um catchment to the nursery that Charlotte's going to um, it was very much a nursery that you know lots of different kinds of families living in the area would attend a very local feel um, where Charlotte's nursery in West London and it's, it costs up to £20,000 a year for a full time place there so it's not the kind of nursery that everyone can afford and the types of families that go there we understand you know there's a lot of kind of affluent um, wealthy families that send their kids there so I think her nursery experience probably be a little bit different really to his um but she looked very happy to be going there um she looked yeah she was beautifully dressed i'm sure that the photographs taken before she went to nursery if we could see one afterwards i'm sure it would look very different <laughs> i'm sure she had a good time and yeah all that beautifully brushed hair and nice neat outfit probably went out of the window as it should the minute she started playing um but yeah i mean i think it's nice that charlotte is starting nursery and George is at school and obviously um you know Kate is now feeling better and she's doing she's able to kind of do a few more engagements now that her and William are going away to Sweden and Norway in a couple of weeks so it's a little mini tour for them so I shall be on that which will be interesting yeah I'm sure Mm. we'll be talking more about that in future episodes and finally my favorite royal news of the last week or so is um that Zara and Mike Tyndall are expecting another baby because they obviously sadly had a miscarriage last year yeah. and Mia's such a cute child in all of their pictures and I'm well, wishing Zara all the best with her pregnancy yeah. and hope that everything goes well this time. Exactly, but Mia will be three um, later this month and so it's so nice to hear that she's going to be a big sister. Obviously we had that really sad news just before Christmas last year, they announced that they'd lost a baby um, just a few weeks after announcing the pregnancy and obviously everyone was really excited for them and obviously you know to have to announce something like that is probably makes it even more difficult and it was just before Christmas um, and so it's so nice to hear that they're having you know they're having their second child and uh, the baby we think is due around the summertime and they've obviously been pictured recently in Australia and um, Mike Zara are kind of on a working holiday in Australia Zara um, uh, gets involved with some equestrian events out there from time to time um, and yeah they looked super happy so that's great news what a good place to finish for this week we hope you will join us again very soon Uh, if you've enjoyed the episode then please leave us a rating or a review uh, on itunes would be fabulous and do subscribe because we'll be back very soon in the meantime pod save the queen 